You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, right, Brian. Uh, quick timeout from the mailbag. I got to jump in really quickly and remind everybody here about our wonderful partner at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I keep telling you guys. If you are fans of wings, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, those are the days that you need to go to Boomer Jacks. Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they've got deals for you every other day of the week. they got drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer you're going to find in the Metroplex or anywhere else. Wall-to-wall TVs, and I don't, I don't say that as some sort of exaggeration, like, oh, wall-to-wall TVs. That's not a simile. It literally is TVs that basically cover every space of the walls at Boomer Jacks. There's also live music, great TVs that you can catch any game, any sport that you're looking for uh, there at Boomer Jacks. Uh, There's 17 DFW locations, so you can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, we're going to do sort of an extended mailbag today, a a jumbo mailbag where, uh, you know, normally we do these where uh, in the final segment we get to all your questions, but we got plenty of them this week, so I I figured that we could uh, cram them into two segments here and uh, just go over some of the things that you guys want to touch on, especially with the long layover, about a 10-day rest period for the Cowboys heading into this game with the Colts. Uh, so let's run through some of these questions, Brian. First one here uh, from Ryan Trammell. He's asking, is there much chance this team becomes more consistent in December and into the postseason? And if so, how can they do it? Thanks for the best pet Cowboys podcast around. You guys are appointment listening. Thank you, Ryan. Uh this has been a problem in the past for some uh, Cowboys teams is that when they get into December, they do tend to backslide. Like, I mean, just different teams. Uh, this was an issue last year for this Cowboys team. Uh, it was an issue in 2007. I know I'm going way back here, but 2007, it was the same sort of thing. You remember the old Romo can't win in December line that used to be pushed all the time. So this is something that they've struggled with before. Uh, but I think Ryan's question is more, hey, we know this is a good football team. Are there areas where they can continue to get better? Um, not just areas where they're deficient, but areas where we see the potential for growth. 
And I got to say, if Damone Clark can play more consistently and, and can kind of put that together, I think it, it is completely reasonable for you to get better in run defense. If they continue to give Sam Williams more work, where I think he's been a pretty good run defender so far, better than any of your veterans, Dorrance Armstrong, Terrell Basham, Dante Fowler, I think Sam Williams has been better against the run than those guys, then I think it's possible for this team to get better against the run. If they can do that and continue some of the success they're having in, in the passing game without some of these honestly fluky interceptions or, or just miscommunication interceptions, I think those are two areas, protecting the ball in the passing game and then improving in the run that I think it's, it's very possible for the Cowboys to improve over the last month of the season. I think they would be better at wide receiver, and I do like what they're doing at wide receiver if they add Odell Beckham. I think that you add a a legitimate playmaker on those third down plays, the guy that will cross the middle, the guy that will make the tough catch, the bad ball player. I think you would get better. I think Lamb is showing up really, really nicely for you. I think Gallup is starting to feel it a little bit too. You add Beckham to this group now, especially on those third and fours, third and fives, maybe the loose play, throw him the ball in the middle of the field, have him run after catch. I, I Down in the red zone, he, he's that kind of a weapon. You can throw the ball to him down the field. He'll make plays. I think adding Beckham would help. And I think, honestly, adding Tyron Smith to this offensive line will make it better. I do. And I'm, I'm not re- worried about the rookie wall with Tyler Smith. I think it was a short week. I think he kind of – he didn't benefit from that at all. I think you saw a little bit of what we've talked about, three games in 12 days, maybe a little wear and tear. I know he's a young guy, but adding Tyron Smith at some point in time, moving Tyler Smith, the guard, I think will make this offensive line even better. And so those are the kinds of the improvements. I will say this. I don't think they're going to get better on penalties. I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't. I mean, it's something they talk about. It's something that they preach. It's something that Mike McCarthy has got up on the podium and gotten mad about. He's blamed officials, but pre-snap penalties are not a problem. The officials pre-snap penalties are lining up, snapping the ball, you know, holding, holding your water as they would say in the past and not jump off sides. So, you know, if you get 13 penalties and four or five of them are pre-snap penalties. And we talk about that, talk about that, talk about it. They talk about it and they talk about it. these penalties are not going to be any better. This might be the one thing that is the downfall for this football team because one day you're going to look up, and it happened in this game, and I, I hope it doesn't happen again, but it probably will. You rush the passer, you get an interception, you're bringing the ball back, and you get a defensive holding or a legal contact penalty on the play. I can't tell you how many times on third down when we're at the game, you we're all sitting there watching it, and it's third down, and it's it looks like an incomplete, and I'm looking for a flag because it's mm-hmm. happened every time, whether it's a slot player, a player on the other side. It could be hands to the face. It could be roughing the passer. You know, you have to have discipline to get off the field on third down, and the Cowboys got killed the other day. They lost the turnover battle 2-0. They won the game, but they should have had an interception. They should have had an interception, but – Diggs was holding. I mean, you watch the play on the All-22. He's basically holding the receiver eight yards down the field. He's carrying the – and he's you know basically tackling the guy. He can't have that. But no. I just don't see the penalties getting any better. I think adding Smith and potentially adding Beckham would make this team a lot better, but I don't think they're going to get better on the penalties. 
My question for you uh, on Tyron Smith, we saw he, he struggled a great deal against San Francisco last year in the playoff game. It was one of the worst games we've ever seen him play. Uh, he, he struggled into the early part of training camp. He was getting beat in ways during practices that we're not used to seeing him get beat. Uh, how, how long is the leash or is there even a leash on Tyron Smith's play, do you think? I, I just let it go. You know, I'm going to – this guy's a Hall of Fame player. Uh, you know, yeah, he's seen some slippage, no question. But what I saw last week with Tyler Smith playing, I, I'm I'm willing to take a chance. I'm willing to take a chance. And you know, if if it if it means if it means maybe going back with Tyler Smith at tackle and then going back with McGovern at, at guard. I think you can make that move. If you want to leave, if you want to put Peters out there at left tackle, if if it, if the slippage is so bad that it it causes your offense problems, then you need to make that consideration. I'm willing to to gamble that for this last month of the season, uh, you know, and into a little bit into January, that that Tyron Smith can help you and and get ready and, and be an effective player. Let's say uh, he plays. He comes back. First week, let's say he comes back for the Jacksonville game. He comes back for the Jacksonville game. He plays like he did against San Francisco. How many of those games in a row would you have to see before you'd say, I need to go back to what we were doing? What would that be? If you saw him play like he did against San Francisco last year, would it take one week of that? Would it take, would you say, ah, that's some rust. Let's see him come back. Would it take two to three weeks? Or would you just ride this well, out regardless of how he plays? I, I tell you this, though, as well as Tyler Smith has played, I, I'm riding this thing to the Philadelphia game. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna say, you know what? We're gonna, you know, hopefully you get it back. Hopefully you get it back for Houston. May, I mean, I know that they're gonna start the clock after Jacksonville week. You know, maybe you're to the point where you're like, okay, let's see if we can get this guy ready. It's not like he. It's not like he didn't go through training camp. He did go through a training camp. You yeah. know, he got he got hurt when they were back at the star. That's when he yeah. got hurt. So he basically had went through the whole training camp, you know. And so uh, having him ready, I think he'll get ready pretty quickly. I think Britt Brown has always uh, worked really well with these guys, getting them back. So if you get me back for Houston, Jacksonville, Philly, say he has three bad games in a row, then that that would be something I think you would have to look at. But my bet is that he's going to play well for you in those three games. Oh, I, I agree. I, I'm just, I was just trying. I'm trying to figure out. Well, I, I understand. The threshold. You know, yeah, the threshold would be the threshold would be if you got the Philadelphia game and it just it was broken down and bad and couldn't move and all that. And you're still having problems. I, I think you should go back the other way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Next question here from Matt Holleran. What would you say is the biggest difference between this year's Cowboys team and last year's? And do you think this year's team is built better for a deep postseason run? I'll tell you, I, I've said this. Uh, I think I said it today on G-Bag Nation with you guys. Uh, the biggest difference between this team is they are they are a tougher, more physical football team. That was their problem last year. 
If, if teams punched them in the mouth, they lost. If, if teams got physical with them, they couldn't play physical football. And that's, that's what a lot of January football is about, is about physical football. And so for me, I, I think the biggest difference with them is they're not the, the most tough blue-collar football team in the league, but they're no longer just a straight finesse team that, that, that can't play when the game gets physical and tough. Uh, they've won a couple tough physical football games this year that I think they lose last year. Um, and so to me, that's the biggest difference with the team. I don't know about you, Brian. Yeah, no, I think they got a healthy quarterback now. That's the biggest difference. I mean, last year he was coming off, you know, the calf. And then also, you know, at the latter part, I, you know, how completely healthy, how completely confident was he? You know, I, I think the fact that the, you know, that the, the ability for him to put up points, for him to make quality throws, you know, if that could just eliminate the uh, those interceptions, the turnovers, you know, man, he would be riding this thing pretty strong. But I, I kind of feel like that the difference is you have a quarterback that's more confident, he's more healthy. I think you got a defense that really, really believes in what Dan Quinn is selling. Last year, I think they were kind of going through it. They were they were getting a ton of turnovers. They weren't sacking anybody. But now it's like the pressure, the sacks, you know, the turnovers will come, I think. And this, you know, you're gonna start playing some teams here that will can turn over the ball. Matt Ryan can turn over the ball. You look at what's going on. Davis Mills can turn over the ball. You look at, you know, even though the guy in Jacksonville, uh, I think uh, Lawrence is playing better. He had a nice win yesterday uh, at home. Still will turn over the ball. He'll fumble the ball. So they might get back into playing these quarterbacks that will turn over the ball. But that's that's the, the, the thing that I really believe is your quarterback's feeling healthier. He's feeling more confident. And then there's confidence in your defense because of, you now have a plan of how you want to play Micah Parsons and kind of use him in a lot of different ways. Question here from uh, one of our loyal listeners, Dean Julia. He says, how important has 13 personnel been for this offense? And are you surprised at how much Ferguson and Hendershot have contributed thus far? Uh, 13 personnel, again, that's uh, one running back, three tight ends. If you look at the play data, the the formation data and everything else, the personnel groupings that the Cowboys have run out this year, by far the most efficient group they've run out there has been 13 personnel. Um, they, they're averaging, I, I believe, coming into the last week, and I, I can't imagine it got any worse last week. They, they had a lot of success even in 13 last week. Um, but coming into the, the game on Thanksgiving, I believe 13 personnel was their most efficient package by about a yard and a half per play when they're in it. And so that's a, that's a ton in the grand scheme of things in the NFL. And so, yeah, it's, it's been – a, a huge success. A, a lot of credit to Lunda Wells, the tight end coach, um, and, and and you know the scouting department, the guys that uh, helped identify guys like uh, you know Peyton Hendershot out of Indiana, Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin, um, and, and and you know obviously the work that Dalton Schultz has done. And then you can see just how much more effective Dalton Schultz is when Dak Prescott's in there because it, it just it wasn't the connection's not there the same way with Cooper Rush. As soon as Dak gets back in. He's much more effective, but absolutely 13 personnel, huge part of this team's success. And, and they have a lot of, uh, you know, efficiency and, and a lot of success running out of that personnel grouping. I think you nailed it, man. I think you completely nailed everything you said. I absolutely agree with. Yeah, see, look at, look at that. Why, why, why are you even here, Brian? I, I, I got us handled. You know what I mean? Uh, next question here uh, from Terrence Bailey is there a realistic option that Zeke restructures and we sign Pollard to a somewhat team-friendly deal, trying to see if there is any scenario where we keep them both? Love the show, fellas. Thank you, Terrence. Uh, 
Zeke, for me, I don't know about for you, Brian, and, and I assume the answer is different for the Cowboys than for me. For me, Zeke's going to have to play for about a fifth of what he's on right now. He'll have to play for like $3 million. I, I, I don't want to bring him back at $6 million annually or anything else like that. Uh, I just I, I don't think that that's a, a valuable use of your resources. And even if you bring him back at that lower number, there's no guarantee that you won't get priced out of the Tony Pollard market. There's probably a lot of people who are really intrigued about the type of player that he can be. Uh, but, Brian, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, again, I, I kind of like what you're saying there. I think they have a plan for what they want to do with Zeke. I think they've been very nice to Zeke, and I think it's about time for Zeke to say, okay, you were fair for me. But Zeke could also say, listen, a lot of wear and tear on this body. I tried to play with a banged-up knee. You know, I tried to do this. I tried to do that. You know, Zeke has always tried to line up every single week. And to his credit, I think that's why people in the front office and the coaches really, really like him. Uh, but you're right. I think that they need to evaluate where they're at. You know, they've got some players coming up that they need to get uh, redone. And, you know, if they could work his salary, much like they did uh, with Demarcus Lawrence's salary, uh, you know, make it uh, make it more of a team-friendly type of a thing. I, I don't know about re-signing Tony Pollard. I, I don't know how that's all going to work out. Uh, you know, I think, you know, it's it's a shame that, We've all kind of figured out in his last year that Tony Pollard's like a really, really good player, or they use him like a really, really good player. You know, how many years have we seen Tony Pollard? And hell, I got in trouble with Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan. I asked him, do you feel like you wasted Tony Pollard's career? And he goes, waste is a pretty strong word there, Brian. You know, but <laughs> I, you know, I, you kind of, if this is, you know, I, I don't know how many games. I don't know how many games that that Tony Pollard has had more carries than Zeke, but it happened last week. But what happened? Less carries for Zeke by two ended up to be more yards. Zeke had a, a hell of a game. They need both these guys, but I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's you know the they've they've done a good job with the evaluations, you know, of these uh, of these running backs, and so it might be you know, hey. If Zeke doesn't sign, you let him go. If they don't have Tony, you let him go, and then you try and just reevaluate and draft and 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 go from there. Malik Davis, You're- Malik Davis has shown he can carry the football and be yeah. effective. You know, and he catches the football well. So all of a sudden, if it's neither guys here, then your situation, Malik Davis, and draft another one this NFL draft, uh, which I will start on Thursday. Start working Let's on go. Thursday, start working on Thursday. Uh, I, I, I understand there's a lot of running backs in this draft. There are. Yeah. You know, hey, maybe, you know, it's uh, and I'll just say it now it's going to be absolutely criminal that because of the way running backs are valued, uh, Bijan Robinson, who's a top 10 talent is undoubtedly going to end up with a playoff team. That's yeah. not fair at all, but that's just the way things operate because of how running backs are valued. Now you're listening to the love of the star podcast. The love of the stars an odyssey podcast. You can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 